Uh, we're in a four-part series called Prepare the Way. And uh, again, we've kind of been dovetailing with um, Advent. I, I mentioned this last week. I, I didn't grow up celebrating Advent. Um, it's kind of more of a traditional thing. And we're just kind of incorporating with, um, with this as a church. Um, and I, like, I kind of like the idea of being a little more intentional with remembering the lead up to Christmas, be a little more intentional on remembering the, um, Jesus and remembering what he did and remember when he came into this world, what that means to us. And so that's what we're doing this, um, this December is just a time of more intentionality and to, to remember what God's done for us. So there are four candles here. Matt explained this at the beginning of the service, um, but we lit the hope candle last week and I did a message on hope. Um, we lit the peace candle today and we'll talk about peace today. And then the next two are love, uh, joy, and then love. And so, um, quick, quick review from last week's uh, message. Um, last week's message was called Healing from Our Yesterday, Hope for Our Tomorrow. And I mostly talked about, in last week, I mostly talked about healing from our yesterday. How many know if you don't close the door on your yesterday, it's hard for you to live fully present in your today, right? And it's hard for you to get it, go into your tomorrow with hope. It's, it's hard for you to step into your tomorrow being fully present in what God has for you if, you're, if you haven't closed the door on your past. And so um, we talked about that and we want to move forward in a healthy way. And we talked about being free of our past. One illustration that I gave, I felt like the Lord gave me is um, when your body is healthy, your body heals itself, right? You cut yourself, you, you break a bone, your body is designed in such a way that it will heal itself. Your heart, your lungs, your immune system, all that works together to heal itself. Um, in the same way, when we, as a, when we interact as a body of Christ in a healthy way, the way God designed it, we're actually supposed to bring healing to one another. That's the way God has set it up. And so um, one of the, the big things that will happen for God to bring healing to your past if you're stuck in things is he will actually use maybe the person you're sitting next to, maybe the person across the room, but he will use the body of Christ. And I just want to say, if you're not fully utilizing the body of Christ, to walk in freedom and the walk in wholeness. Um, man, join a small group. Make sure you have connections and relationships because that's how healing can come in our lives. Amen? Okay, so we talked about that. If you missed that message last week, you can go to citylights.church, uh, click on the media tab, and you can get, um, you can get that message. Um, today's message is called Walking in Perpetual Peace. Okay? So we're, we're, again, we're dovetailing with this peace message, Walking in Perpetual Peace. Luke chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, uh, and Matt read this earlier, the glory, uh, glory of God in the highest heaven and peace on earth on those whom his favor rests. This was the announcement, the angels, when they came and they announced the shepherds that were out in the field near Bethlehem, they, this was their announcement. They, they said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. And it was like heaven's announcement to this world is, hey, I come in peace. God came to this world and, and his peace is coming with him. I come in peace. You know, every, every like, if you ever watch those like alien movies and the aliens come and we're not sure why they're here, we hope they're coming in peace, you know? You ever, you ever see that? And um, sometimes that ends, well, it always ends bad, doesn't it? <laughs> never, they never really come in peace, do they? There's never a movie where like, oh, the aliens are here and everything was great after that. They always try to kill us next. I don't know. And then Will Smith saves us all. I don't know. So... Um, but he when heaven came to earth in the form of a seed, in the form of a baby, God was coming to this world 
in peace. I come in peace. I come to bring reconciliation. Man was hopelessly lost and separated from God. And he came. He didn't come with this great pomp and um, an army, right? Have you ever noticed that God is pretty secure? Like if God was insecure, he wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have come in as a little baby. He would have come in with like angels and whatever. I don't know. I don't know what he would have come in with. But he would have like made a stand and everyone would have saw, you know. But God's not insecure. God's pretty secure in who he is. He came in seed form as a little baby in Bethlehem. And he came in peace. Amen. And his will for you, his will for your life is for you to have peace. This peace at operation in your life. I just want to say that on the onset of this message. This isn't for super Christians. This is for you. Like God wants peace. It is his will for you that you walk in peace every day of your life. Amen. Everyone repeat this after me. Repeat this after me. God wants me to walk in perpetual peace. Say that 10 times fast. No. Okay. God wants us to walk in perpetual peace. In the natural realm in our, in our world, um, peace is defined as like the lack of chaos, the lack of war, strife, uncomfortable situations, right? And um, it's like you ask someone, what did you do last night? And they're like, oh, we, we just kind of stayed home. We had a peaceful evening. Basically what they're saying is they had an uneventful evening, right? That's kind of what peace is defined as in the world. It's just a lack of chaos, all right? Now, in the kingdom of God, it's a little bit different. It's actually much different. <laughs> it's not the absence of negative circumstances in our lives that, that is the manifestation of peace. Rather, it's the presence of a person. Okay, peace isn't the lack of chaos in our lives. Peace is the presence of a person who walks with you, okay? So the goal of the, the, goal of the Christian life is not to get all of our little ducks in a row so that we can have a better day. Okay, if you're living just to have a better day and you think that's the goal of the Christian life, um, I'm, I'm telling you, you're missing it. Listen, the goal of the Christian life is to become so aware of his victory that his victory actually becomes our victory. Okay? He wants you to walk in victory and peace every single day. He wants you to become so aware of the victory that he won for us that his victory becomes our victory. Okay? Jesus came that we would have peace and that we would be overcomers. All right? So my question to you this morning is, are you an overcomer? Are you walking in peace every day? Jesus said, I'm glad he said this because it would be confusing if he didn't. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Now, that's not the most amazing promise that the Bible has for us. There's some better ones in there, but it's true. Like, in this world, you will have trouble, okay? You're going to have problems. You're going to have offenses. There's going to be bills to pay. There's going to be relational strains. Like, stuff is going to happen. If you live in this world, stuff is going to happen. But I find it amazing. You can have two people going through the exact same situation, Exact same situation, two people. One person is freaking out, <laughs> right? And another person just has this calm and this peace on their life, okay? All right, so we're gonna talk about this today. It just, it seems like some people have a greater capacity to handle stressful, negative situations. And I wanna be a person of peace that when I walk through trials, because you do, that the peace of God rests upon me no matter what, okay? So, if biblical peace is not the lack of negative circumstances, what does this look like in our lives? Um, the, the Greek word translated peace in the Bible, we're going to put that up real quick. It's Strong's 1515. I'm not going to try to pronounce the, the Greek word there. I don't know. Give it a shot. Go ahead. 
Yeah, that one. Okay. It's, um, it means to join, to tie together into, into a whole. Um, wholeness, um, i.e., when all essential parts are joined together in peace, or God's gift of wholeness. So you see the picture here? Peace is not represented by a lack of uncomfortable uh, situations in our life. Peace is represented by our spiritual union with the Prince of Peace. Okay? Our, our lives, we were, without Jesus in our lives, we are fragmented. We are, you, you can't be whole without God. You were made to be united with and connected to God. Okay, if you're not that way, you're, you're fragmented, you're divided, you're not whole, and you can't have peace. But listen, when we, under, when we understand this union that we have with Jesus, this oneness that we have with Jesus, and there's a manifestation of that connection, then we face life circumstances through that truth. Okay? There's a way to walk through life circumstances knowing our union with Jesus, and then we face life circumstances through that truth. Okay, so um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 17, it says this, the person who is joined with the Lord is one in spirit with him. Okay? If you are a believer, he has literally mingled his spirit with your spirit. It's almost, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's like if I had a, I've used this illustration before, but if I had a bottle of water, which I do, and I had another bottle of water, this one's half empty, and you pour the water into this one, it's, it's, you could never separate the molecules again. That's what it's like with the new creation that we are in Christ Jesus. He's literally mingled himself with us. He lives in our hearts, okay? And we can face circumstances through that union, that manifestation. Okay, so today I want to just talk about how to live in this perpetual peace, okay? If you have a Bible, um, grab it. If your phone, scroll it, whatever you want to do. Um, We're going to turn to the book of Philippians, and we're going to end up in chapter 4. I'm going to give you a little background on the book of Philippians. Paul wrote this letter when he was in jail. Okay, and he had, Paul has a lot to say about joy and a lot to say about peace in the book of Philippians. And I think it's amazing that he wrote this while he's literally in chains, right? It's like, I don't know, for me, I don't know about you, but that encourages me to know that like, this isn't, Paul didn't write this like from a palace, you know, in perfect situation. Because <laughs> if he did, it'd be like, it'd be like someone who lives and doesn't work, and they live in a really like nice house in Hollywood, it'd be like, here's how you, here's how you walk in abundant peace. And you're like, well, we kind of have everything going for you, you know? <laughs> I'd rather hear how to walk in abundant peace from someone who has like not a lot, and, and I, you know, not an ideal situation, lots of problems. Okay, Paul has lots of problems here. So I think if, it, if this is going to work for Paul, who's in chains, this is going to work for us, okay? It'll actually help our lives. Okay. Uh, let me show you this real quick. We'll just, I'll illustrate this. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. It says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Okay, so in this book, Paul's talking about how to walk in peace, and he literally can't go for a walk himself. He's in chains, okay? So I think that's pretty awesome. So before I get into like kind of all the how-tos, I'm just going to kind of give you the punchline. This is, what, this is what we want. This is the goal, and then we'll build backwards from there, okay? So the punchline is this, Philippians 4, 7. It's a famous portion of scripture. It says this, 
And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Where'd that bottle of water go? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay. What he's talking about here, there is a peace from God. There's a peace from heaven that goes beyond our natural reasoning. It goes beyond our natural understanding. Have you ever seen somebody go through a situation and there is no reason why they should be okay? Right? Or have you ever been that person? You go through a situation, people are like, you know, feeling your temple, like, are you okay? Like, you should be freaking out right now. There's a peace of God that God can give you. And when you walk through a circumstance, it transcends your understanding. Like, you shouldn't be okay, but you are okay. Okay? I have a good example. Alex, uh, didn't know you were going to be in this sermon, did you? Alex and uh, his brother, a few years ago, um, his dad died in a, in a tragic car accident. I, I have never, and he loved his dad. His dad loved him. They had a good relationship. I've never seen anything like what you guys walked through and how much peace there was surrounding that situation. I've never seen anything like it in my life. There was a supernatural peace that, that came on the whole family, on, on mom as well. And they walked through that situation. Yeah, Greg, you knew all about that. You saw that. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like it in my life. But listen, that was a peace that was going beyond their understanding. There's no reason why those boys should have been okay with what happened. But there was something about what was in their hearts. There was something about that peace of God manifesting through them that, they, that it was amazing, okay? Paul says... Guard your hearts. This, this peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is actually a military term that Paul uses here, okay? The peace of God will actually create a fortress around your heart and around your mind, okay? How many want a fortress around your heart and around your mind? I want that. I don't want anything to just get in and everything to mess me up. I don't want someone to look at me wrong and like I'm, I'm not doing good for two weeks, right? If you have a fortress around your heart, a fortress around your mind, things are going to get to you as fast. Things aren't going to get to you as bad, okay? So we all need that. We, and listen, we need that every day. And you need to start every day with that, okay? Because even if you're not going through crisis in your life, there's those little hits we take every day, and pretty soon our peace level is at all-time low, okay? We need to just, we need to live this way, and this peace manifesting in our lives. Okay, so I'm going to give you three keys of walking in perpetual peace. All these are from Philippians chapter 4. So if you uh, forget this, you can go back and look at this, Okay. Um, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, it says this. This is kind of the, the how-to. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, goes beyond your natural understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay. Three keys to walking in perpetual peace. Number one, it's right there in the scripture, is rejoice always. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He puts an extra emphasis on that. Hey, you need to rejoice always? Let me say it again. You need to rejoice, okay? Do you want to build a fortress around your heart? Do you want to build a fortress around your mind? One of the first keys is being a person who rejoices in the Lord at all times. This is a habit that we're trying to get ourselves and all of you to form that we rejoice in the Lord at all times. The word rejoice here, it actually means to delight in God's grace. 
Okay, grace is a unmerited, his unmerited favor on our lives, okay? So to rejoice in his unmerited favor, it's rejoicing the fact that, God, you chose me. You favor me. I'm highly favored. You chose me. You, you plucked me out of the miry grave. You brought me into your kingdom. You chose me. I'm highly favored, okay? It's rejoicing in the fact that God chose you. I know you feel like, you know, we do altar calls. We raise our hands for people who are making a decision for the Lord, Okay, but really, I will say, before you make a decision for the Lord, the Lord made a decision for you, okay? He drew you, and he says to rejoice always in that grace. Amen? Okay, um, I also I looked up the word always and in the Greek, and do you know what it means? It means always. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. So write that down. Always means always. It's a deep word study right there. Um, <laughs> It means always, but also means always and forever. It means never stop doing this. Rejoice in the Lord always and don't stop. Keep doing this forever. This will guard your heart. This will guard your mind, okay? Um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll read Philippians 4.4 from the PKCP version, which is the Pastor Kurt Chamberlain paraphrased version, okay? I'm writing a new, I'm writing a new Bible. It's heresy, but you'll, you'll love it, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I would say this, okay, my prayer is, at all times, delight in God's favor for you. At all times, take delight in God's unmerited favor that he has over you, okay? This will guard your heart, this will guard your mind. Okay, let's go on to verse five. This one's kind of obscure. Philippians 4, chapter five, it says this. Speaking of um, having that, the peace of God that guard our heart and minds, it says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Okay, so the second key I want to put here is build a reputation of being a gentle person. All right, let me say that again. Build a reputation for being a gentle person. This is what the Bible says. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let me ask you this question. Do you bring a calm to a situation? Like when people are in crisis, there's a stressful situation going on. Are you the kind of person that brings a calm to that situation. Are you the kind of person that's revved up and brings anxiety into the room? <laughs> okay. God wants us to be that person who brings a calm, that person that can be safe to be around, right? <laughs> I've been both. I've been the anxiety guy before, you know. I'll, I'll admit that. But I want to be a person who brings a calm to the situation, okay? A gentle person. How does being a gentle person help us walk more in, in God's peace? Okay. Matthew chapter 5, first of all, it's, uh, first of all, there's the law of sowing and reaping. Matthew chapter 5 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive, what? Mercy, right? There is this law of sowing and reaping. When we sow mercy, when we sow gentleness, guess what we're going to reap? We're going to reap gentleness from, from God and from other people, okay? So that's one thing. But I, I want to say this, too. Did you know that the view that you have of God, the image that you have of God, you actually re-represent that image to the world, if you believe God is stingy and angry and harsh, that's the image of God that you're going to re-represent to the world, whether you like it or not. If you believe God um, is generous, you're going to be a giver. If you believe God is loving, you're going to actually walk in more love, okay? So when the peace of God, <clears throat> when the peace of God overshadows us, and we have an understanding of the peace of God overshadowing us, I come in peace, and that overshadows us because of our wholeness, our oneness in him, what, that overshadows us, and, what, and what we, when we overshadow other people, that peace of God creates, it creates an atmosphere around us, 
Okay, there's some, some people you get around them, they are high anxiety all the time. They're revved up all the time, right? Okay, they're not walking in the peace of God. But when you understand the peace of God, you're walking in the favor, the unmerited favor of God, that peace, that wholeness. You create an atmosphere around yourself that people want to be in. There are certain people, when I'm going through something, I just want to like, I want to stand next to you. You just, they just walk in peace. You know what I'm talking about? You know people like that? There's other people who are like, get them out of the room. <laughs> you know? Jesus, you know, when Jesus, sometimes when Jesus prayed for the sick, he would like put people out of the room. He's like, get these people out. Bring these people in. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. There's just certain people you don't want in your life when you're going through high-level anxiety things. There's certain people you want to bring there, okay? All right, so where are we at? Okay, so when the peace of God overshadows you, you will overshadow others with peace. You will overshadow the people around you. Um, this is actually a cool word study, too. Um, the word gentle. Let the gentleness, um, let, let you have a reputation of gentleness. Philippians 4, 5 um, it talks about, that word gentle talks about a person who focuses on the spirit of the law rather than the law itself. Okay, so gentle in, this, um, in the sense of truly fair by relaxing overly strict standards in order to keep the spirit of the law, okay? I'll give an, I want to give an illustration. I want to play a video of, of a really good illustration of what we should look like to the world and what we should walk in, okay? So go ahead and play that video and I'll comment on it. The ticket was issued at 9.59. There is a right. 9.59 and 58 seconds. And you can't park there until 10 o'clock. And you violated the city ordinances. These are the city ordinances, Inspector Quinn, that she violated. That point, that point two will get you every time, Judge. Why have we gone viral? And I... And I think it's because uh, that people are so accustomed and conditioned to the institutions of government coming down, you know, hard on them without regard for any personal situations. You know, life is difficult at best. Because my son was recently killed last year, so they cut my check because he had old money. I'm going to reduce this to uh, $50. How much time do you need to pay it? I have it on me now. All right. That's not going to leave without any money, is it? I'll leave it with $5. Thank you, Ronald. I'm not going to leave you with $5. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to, I'm going to dismiss everything. I am particularly sensitive when youngsters come into the courtroom because I think that the conduct of a jurist in the presence of youngsters can shape their thinking in a way that may affect their future, particularly their attitude toward the institutions of government. Your mom is charged with parking on a sidewalk, okay? And that fine is $100. So you, you have not had breakfast today. Thank you. Oh. Well, suppose I make a deal with your mom, okay? Yeah, if she buys you breakfast when you leave, then I'll dismiss, the, I'll dismiss it. Is that a good deal? <laughs> and I think I should take into consideration whether somebody is sick and whether their mother died and whether they have kids who are starving and whether... 
All of those real life situations, you know, are so important to me, right? In other words, I don't wear a badge under my robe. I wear a heart under my robe. Come on, that's cool, huh? So that guy, I don't know, I've seen a few videos of him, he's kind of gone viral with just being a compassionate judge and um, taking into consideration what people are going through. And his gentleness, his, his gentleness has been made known to all. His mercifulness has been made known to all. The Bible says, let your gentleness be known, be seen by all people. That's the same way for us, okay? The letter of the law says, you can't park here until it's 10 o'clock. It's 9.59, you parked here, you broke the law, right? That's the letter of the law. The spirit of the law is, hey, we need to keep this area clear till 10 o'clock. No one should park here. Okay, you got here one minute early, big deal. You know what I mean? That's the spirit of the law, all right? I'll give you another example. The... The letter of the law is the speed limit is 55 miles an hour. Most police won't give you a ticket for going 56, okay? The letter, but, but they could. They could pull you over and say, you were going 56, it was 55, you're a lawbreaker, I'm giving you a ticket. They could do that. That's the letter of the law. The spirit of the law is, hey, we need people to drive safely so that everyone gets where they're going. We, we, we're, we're, you know, the traffic police are there to create an environment so that people aren't hurting each other, right? That's the spirit of the law. So typically, police don't give you a ticket until you're more than five over, okay? Um, the same thing with the Bible. There's, there's laws in the Bible. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of one. The Sabbath day. Now, the letter of the law for the Sabbath day is sundown on Friday night to sundown on Saturday, you have to rest. Like, it is the Sabbath day. It's a day of rest. Now, Jesus interacted differently with the Sabbath. Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, right? In other words, he's saying, you need a day of rest. You owe it to yourself to have a day of rest. But, but, you know, but if your you know, donkey falls into a hole or you lose, an, you know, can you, can you pull it out on that day? Is it okay to do a good deed on the Sabbath day? Of course it is. Because, he's, because the idea is that there's a spirit of the law, not the letter of the law, okay? God wants us to be operating out of the spirit of the law, okay? And so um, that's how um, we can look and be compassionate people by not, you know, exacting people to the letter of the rules, but actually, you know, engaging them in like, okay, what were you going through? What was the circumstances surrounding that? And having mercy and compassion on other people, okay? And it will release um, peace into our lives as well. Okay, let's move on to verse six, and then we'll wrap up pretty quick here. Philippians 4, 6, it says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I could probably make three more whole points out of this verse alone. It's loaded. Really good scripture, by the way. If you're ever going through something hard, make sure you mark this, circle this. But I'm gonna make, I'll make one point here, okay? Which is pray about everything, okay? Pray about everything. Pray about everything when you're going through hard things. Pray about everything when you're not going through hard things. Pray about everything, Here's the warning I want to issue about this prayer about everything business. How you pray is really important, okay? If this turns into a complaining session and a worry session, you've kind of missed the point of what prayer is for, okay? First uh, Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you, okay? A lot of people like think about prayer like, I need to pray to make God happy, you know? I need, to, I need to have a time of prayer so that God will be happy. Like, he wants to interact with you. He wants you to pray. But listen, prayer is a gift to you. It's just like the, it's like the Sabbath. 
Prayer is a gift for you to connect to God. Prayer is a gift that will make your life better, your day better, okay? But the imagery here is casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The imagery is throwing or heaving your cares and your problems upon God. That is a total legal thing to do in the kingdom of God. There are times where we should cast our cares, throw our cares upon Jesus because he actually cares for us. I'll give you a personal example. My wife and I... um, and this applies to everyone here, because you all have problems, you all have lives lived, you all have jobs. So I know everyone's in this situation, but in ministry, there's always something happening. <laughs> there's always a relational strain, there's always like, how do you allocate this money? You know, there's always something going on. And usually it's like right when you're about to fall asleep that you think, oh my gosh, that person's mad at me, I didn't call them back, or you know what I mean? And then there's this situation, and that person offended that person, and it's like, there are, so this is, this is what I'm learning to do, when, especially when I'm going to bed. It's like, God, that problem is your problem. I can't manage all these relationships. I'm trying my best. I literally don't have the capacity to manage it all. That financial situation is your problem. I'm going to bed. Okay, that is casting your cares upon the Lord. There are some things that you should just not try to handle after 10, 11 o'clock at night, okay? <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen. All right. All right, <laughs> looking at my wife, thinking I should use this example. There are times, if you have an altercation with your spouse, which we don't have because we're perfect, <laughs> there are certain problems that are not going to be fixed after 10, 11 o'clock at night. Like, we're just getting more angry and angry at each other. Like, let's go to bed and we'll talk about this in the morning, okay? Cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you, all right? I don't know why some people are always like, we've got to figure this out right now. Like, no, you don't. You need to go to bed. <laughs> I love you. Good night. <laughs> Wake up in the morning like, why were we even mad? I don't understand. It was so stupid. Okay, that's a, good, that's a word for someone right there. You don't have to figure it all out every night, okay? Go to sleep. Okay, give your problems to God. Don't be anxious. Okay, here's one for people dealing with anxiety. If the 24-7 news cycle makes you anxious, you need to shut it off. If your notifications on the phone... You know, I have strong political affiliation. I care a lot about what's going on in the world. That stuff makes me anxious. Like, turn the notifications off. Turn the TV off. Get out of the 24-7 news cycle. That is anxiety fest right there. Come on. Turn it off. You, I, I, don't, I don't even watch the news that much. I, I usually wake up in the morning, unless I'm going hiking or something like that, I usually don't even know what the weather's doing. I'm like, it's a surprise to me every morning. Like, it's snowing today. I didn't even realize it was going to snow today. You know? So... You know, if I'm going somewhere, I'm traveling, I'll check the weather. I, typically, I don't even watch the news anymore. It's so depressing. Okay, and by the way, that stuff is designed to keep you hooked. Yep. Yeah. They, you know, they have the news alert, you know. The news alert's always this high anxiety. I got to make sure I see what the news alert is. What? Prince Harry is getting out of the car? Who cares, you know? It's usually not a big deal what the news alert is. They, I've noticed that what, is, what constitutes an alert for news is like, lower and lower and lower. Pretty soon it's like, this is no emergency whatsoever, but we just want you to watch. We just don't want you to shut it off. <laughs> you need to keep watching, okay? It's designed to keep you hooked, right? It's like those Netflix specials. They start with something really interesting, and you're like, oh, I gotta watch this. And then they end the episode with like, oh my gosh, I, I need to know what's gonna happen now. And then you watch another episode that starts really interesting, and it ends really interesting, and nothing really happens in the middle, but you have to know what happens in the next episode, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how they design news. They design it because they want you to watch the advertisements because they're selling advertisement time. It's about money. Okay, so shut off the news. Okay, 
Mark 19, 419 actually says the cares of life will choke out the fruitfulness that God wants you to have in your life. Worry, anxiety, these things choke out the fruit that God wants you to have in your life. So when you pray, pray and manage you know, anxiety, but pray in such a way that you cast your cares upon the Lord. He cares for you. Okay, look at this a little more. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present requests to God. Okay, prayers. First of all, when you pray, pray to God and talk to him like you're in a relationship, okay? He is a relational God. He wants you to come to, not just come to him with the laundry list, okay? The laundry list is important. There's a, there's a place, there's a time for the request, okay? But start with relationship, okay? So prayers, um, in every situation, pray. Okay, focus on relationship. Don't just come with your laundry list. Okay, the next one is petitions. Petitions is telling God, like, the things you need, the requests, Here's my, I ask that you heal this person. I need this financial thing to be worked out. God, would you help me in this relationship? You know what I mean? Okay, those are petitions, and there's a place for that, okay? But here's the key to keeping all this from becoming a complaining fest, okay? Is it says to offer these things, your prayers and petitions, mingled with thanksgiving, okay? Mingled with and, and, and bathed in thanksgiving. You know, in the Old Testament, there was the sacrifices that they were supposed to give and, um, you know, I don't know why this is, but God said, I want you to always offer these offerings with salt. Like, I always have to have a pinch of salt. I don't know why. I don't, I don't really study that. But listen, when we put things on the altar for God, when we lay our problems on the altar, our, we're supposed to mingle that. We're supposed to present that in such a way with an attitude of thankfulness. God, this situation is tough. I need your help here. But I thank you, God, that you are a God of breakthrough. You're a God who's working my life. I thank you, God, that you've blessed me with this or with that. You know what I'm saying? Mingle it with Thanksgiving. Um, I did an entire message on Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago, and it was good from what I've heard. (laughs) They're not all good. Some of them are good. Listen, if you missed that, seriously, go back, listen to um, Living a Lifestyle of Thankfulness a couple weeks ago. All right? Okay. Amen. Uh, let me read this portion of scripture and then, and then we'll, we'll close here. Philippians 4, 4 through 7, it says this, just to kind of recap. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus. Why don't you guys stand to your feet? I'm going to pray, and, and we'll close here. Matt read this verse at the uh, open of the service. Jesus said this before he left this world. He said, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remain and will remain um, I'm sorry and you will remain with you and everything I've and I remind you of everything I've said to you verse 27 peace I leave with you my peace I give to you I do not give as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid okay the way God gives peace is not the way the world gives peace the world gives peace by having your duckies in a row the way God gives peace 
is by coming into your life and, and, and the Prince of Peace manifests himself in your life. It's a relationship with a person that's walking with a person. And so I just want to pray um, over everyone here. And we know life is hard. We know circumstances come up. But there is a supernatural way to walk through life with the Prince of Peace walking with you. So Father, we thank you for the Prince of Peace. You sent Jesus to this world. And the declaration was, I come in peace. You've come, Lord, that all here, Lord God, would experience peace day in and day out, even in the midst of stress and crisis and turmoil, Lord God. I pray we would learn the art of being thankful and and praying before you, God, and, and having gratitude before you, God, and being gentle, Lord, before people, Lord God. We would learn the art of walking in peace despite our circumstances around us, Lord God. I think you've called us to be overcomers. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. That was awesome. Thank you, Pastor Kurt.